0: It's raining Ken. Hallelujah, it's raining Ken. Amen.
1: I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna let myself get
0: absolutely something rain. It's raining Ken.
1: When it comes to blunders, moments in time that a company will go on to regret for the rest of their lives, nothing will ever top a toy. Oh my God. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. That came out in the early 90s. A toy that outsold every other toy in its particular line's history. Even till today. Thanks to the LGBT plus crowd. This is the story of Earring Magic Ken. This is Toys For Us.
2: All of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, all of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, all of my best...
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Toys R Us podcast, your weekly jaunt into the past, telling the history of something that made your childhood much more memorable. My name is Richard Hunt, and with me, as always, is the Michelle Visage to my RuPaul. Nice. My cousin and co-host, Brian Muth. Hey, everybody. Brian, it's Pride Month. It is. A month to celebrate the lives and struggles of the LGBT plus community. And strive for inclusivity. Exactly. We have a lot of love for the community, Absolutely. and a lot of friends and family that identify as some part of the giant community. Yep. We love them all, and we love you all as well. Yep. That we being do. said, let's get into the history of a toy that Mattel would much rather forget. Are you ready? You bet. We start our story in the early years of the 1990s. Mattel was at a bit of a crossroads moment. You see, sales for the Kendo were beginning to drop off consistently. Yeah, nobody loved Ken anymore. This worried them. Ken was introduced in 1961, two years after Barbie, to be Barbie's love interest. Right.
2: It all started at a dance. Barbie, the famous teenage fashion model doll by Mattel, felt that this was to be a special night. And then it happened. She met Ken. And somehow she knew that she and Ken would be going together. So now Mattel brings you Ken, Barbie's boyfriend with a complete wardrobe of perfectly tailored clothes of unmatched quality. Now Ken and Barbie meet for lunch at school, go to fraternity parties, and just relax together. Think of the fun you'll have taking Barbie and Ken on dates, dressing each one just right. You'll find Ken wherever toys are sold. Look for this special tag that tells you he's a genuine Ken. Get both Barbie and Ken, and see where the romance will lead. It could lead to this. And remember, you can tell it's Mattel. It's well.
1: But, in the 90s, Mattel wasn't even sure if little girls wanted them to be together anymore. As it turned out, girls did indeed like Ken, and the idea of Ken and Barbie together, as a survey showed. However, what little girls didn't like was just how fucking bland and white-bready Ken was. He really was. They needed to punch serious. it up a bit. They wanted Ken to look cooler. So our friends at Mattel in a move that is highly debated as to whether or not it actually happened as they deny everything of course they do Uh, decided the way that they would make him cooler was to do the research by going out and about and trying to get on the net of everything that was hip (laughs) however it was 1993 and what was hotter in the early 90s than the rave culture it's true absolutely nothing Therein lies the beginning of the problems for Mattel. The problems that they were there to create for themselves. They, <laughs> create a new, they created a new look for Ken, to be sure. Indeed. But Mattel bit off a little bit more than they were willing to That's chew. That's what she said? To chew. Yes, that is what she said. Airy Magic Ken came out in 1993. And the redesign was a radical change. Yeah. Normal straight cut Ken was out. Yeah. And in was Ken with frosted tips... A purple mesh shirt, a purple leather vest, black pants and black shoes, an earring, and the piece de la resistance, a large chrome circle at the end of a necklace. Yep. Well, this is where things get a little bit interesting. a little dicey. As gay author and journalist Dan Savage explains in a column about the doll from 1993... In the late 80s and early 90s, besides being a sex toy, a cock ring was the queer fashion statement of the time. Leather daddies wore them stitched into their vests, lesbians wore them as zipper pulls, placement on clothing communicated secret preferences to those in the know. Nice. Much like pierced ears at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Ken does have that straight, at least. (laughs) I see what you did there. And many, many people wore them around their necks as a necklace. Ken included. Yeah. The accessory was a staple of the gay club culture that was blowing up at the time. A saying Ken would fit right into with his leather and mesh ensemble. <laughs> Obviously, none of the little girls told Mattel researchers that they wanted Ken to wear a Cochrane around his right. neck. It's probably true that the adults designing the doll saw the fashion out of context and never thought to dig deeper. Mattel staunchly denies that the doll was intended to have anything to do with homosexuality at all. Right, given the time and the political climate and whatnot. The early 90s was a time when queer culture was A, just starting. Yeah. Um, It was, like, really blossoming. Yeah. Uh, But people were still reeling from the horror of the AIDS crisis in the 80s. Yeah. Queer culture and pop culture were beginning to mingle in ways they hadn't before, and Eerie Magic Ken is an example of what happens when you pay attention to the what of trends and not the why. Accidental synergy happens. Right. Mattel, who has never been pleased about the connection, rushed to discontinue the dolls. However, the story spread faster than them, and the sales for the doll spiked, making him the best-selling Ken doll ever. (laughs) Some even claim (laughs) that he's the best-selling Barbie model ever, but Mattel is unwilling to discuss any of the history of Eerie Magic Ken. Of course. Though... The Eerie Magic Ken incident showed that the LGBTQ plus culture at the time had infiltrated the mainstream, or arguably been co-opted by it. Ken might have simply remained the butt of late night jokes until Dan Savage, who's gone on to serve as one of the country's most prominent sex and relationship advice columnists, he even has a podcast, oh, does he? Uh-huh, published his explanation of the gay culture subtext communicated by Ryan the Sex Toy. Shout out Dan Savage. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, he thinks that Eerie Magic Ken incident is more of an amusing cultural blip than some kind of important moment, noting that neither the doll nor the hubbub is well known today. He says, I don't think a gay man under 40 would even know what we're talking about.
0: Yeah, like, not being gay and being under 40? I had no idea. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, until, you know, we started doing this. Mm-hmm. One of the
1: funniest quotes out of that article came from the then manager of marketing and communications at Mattel Toys. Oh, I can't wait to hear. Her this. name is Lisa McKendall. Okay. Mhm. How fucking close to Lisa McKendall is Lisa McKendall? <laughs> Lisa McKendall. Her quote is, "We're not in the business of putting cock rings into the hands of little girls." Oh shit. Mattel was, like, really pissed off about this whole thing. Like, I guess so. A- any type of, like, people trying to reach out to them about it
0: mm-hmm. was just immediately,
1: like... Frowned upon. Stop! Stop! Mm-hmm. Stop! Like, no, no, no. Like, people... Mattel would be inundated with phone calls.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Of, of people in the community, like, wow, thank you. You yeah. know, like,
0: and thanks like, for the inclusivity. It for
1: like, it's nice that you're making Ken kind a of gay icon, and yada, yada, and... Every every letter, every call was responded to with, no, Ken is straight. <laughs> can sure, do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. He absolutely can. Originally priced at $11, with inflation that's about $20 today, Area Magic Ken now sells never removed from box for around $47. That's impressive. Yeah, it's not bad. By Christmas time in 1993, most stores were completely sold out of Ken's, largely due to the gay community's interest. Eerie Magic Barbie and Eerie Magic Midge were left on their shelves without a partner. <laughs> uh, they also sold the Eerie Magic Barbie uh, at Radio Shack that came with a bit of software. Oh, like, okay. I'm like, that That confused the hell out of me like, for a sec. Yeah. Uh, but the doll I'm going to tell you about next had to crawl so Magic Eerie Magic Ken could run. Oh. This is a quote from uh, a lobby group called Protect america's children in nineteen seventy eight they made the statement, mind you, about a doll, okay mm-hmm. it's another evidence of the desperation of the homosexual campaign has reached in its efforts to put the homosexual lifestyle, which is a death style, across to
0: American people, which is a death style Jesus Christ over yeah. dramatic much, yeah, which makes me wonder, do you think Metallica
1: read this fucking article because there's a- A line in a Metallica song says my lifestyle determines my death style. Oh, damn. Could be. Fucking Metallica. That's Lars. He just secretly had one of those I bet he did. Uh, We jump now to 1978. That year, the release of Gay Bob, billed as the world's first openly gay doll, caused a minor (laughs) sensation. Enraged consumers complained that a toy with homosexual backstory would lead to other disgusting dolls. I love it when people get all up in arms about that shit, like You're... Priscilla the prostitute and Danny the dope pusher. Uh, Esquire awarded Gay Bob its dubious achievement award, and uh, anti-gay organizations across the United States blustered. <laughs> Gay Bob, who was meant to resemble a cross between Robert Redford and Paul Newman, oh nice, was blonde with a flannel, flannel shirt, tight jeans, and one pierced ear. The dial gave anti-gay organizations plenty to fear. Intrinsic within it was a celebration of gay identity, evidenced by Gay Bob's program speech. Gay people, Bob said, are no different than straight people. If everyone came out of their closets, there wouldn't be so many angry, frustrated, frightened people. That's awful prophetic for 1978. Yeah. In a cheeky move, the box in which Gay Bob was packaged in came with the outline of a closet. When he left his box, he was literally coming out of the closet. That's perfect. Gay Bob explained, It's not easy to be honest about what you are. In fact, it takes a great deal of courage. But remember, if Gay Bob has the courage to come out of his closet, so can you. It's nice. That's a good sentiment. You know? The affirming message was no accident. The doll's creator, Harvey Rosenberg, a former advertising executive who developed marketing campaigns for various corporations, wanted gay Bob to liberate men from tr- traditional sex roles. He created the doll soon after a series of shocks rocked his life. In a quick succession, his marriage fell apart and his mother became seriously ill. He decided that his next projects would need to be that of great personal significance. Though Bob was certainly humorous, the doll was designed to be anatomically correct. Oh, Yeah. And prominent gay activists such as Bruce Vollert told reporters that people should deal with the doll lightly and enjoy it. Uh, When asked why he would pour $10,000 of his own money into Gay Bob's production, he replied, We had something to learn from the gay movement, just like we did from the black civil rights movement and the women's movement, and that is having the courage to stand up and say, I have a right to be who I am. Damn, that is awesome. It's really fucking good. When Gay Bob hit the stories in 1978, the right to be gay was... The right to be gay and equal is once again under attack, most notably from Anita Bryant, a singer and well-known brand ambassador who mobilized opposition to a Dade County, Florida ordinance that outlawed discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation. Fixating on its impact to public schools, Bryant claimed that the existence of LGBT school teachers would threaten the well-being of local students. That's fucked up. Homosexuals re- will, recruit, uh, will recruit our children, she warned. Recruit. Yeah, they'll use money, drugs, alcohol, any means to get what they want. Anita, have you
0: had any particular personal
2: experience
0: that has made you so bitter about homosexuals? I am not bitter
1: about homosexuals. I want to tell you something, Barbara. What God's word says, that someone who practices homosexuality shall not inherit the kingdom of God. God is very
0: plain on that. I think that she is doing more for the gay community and more for the humanist movement than anybody else on this planet. I support everything that she's doing. I would like to see her have as much exposure as possible. I think that uh, she is rallying the community together like I have never seen before. There's no way I could have done it on my own. And the gays are coming out of the closet like crazy. Uh, the non-gays and the gays are talking for the first time. There is absolutely incredible dialogue in every level of this community. Every single family is talking about it. And who could have done it but Anita Bryant? In June
1: 1997. She had the rule repealed and her anti-gay crusade, which gained widespread media attention, sparked similar ventures in Minnesota, Oregon, Kansas, and California. Gay Bob, which sold 2,000 copies in the first two months, appeared appeared in the heat of these political battles. It was no real flashpoint of its own, but it served as a humorous trophy and a sign of changing times for those fighting against Bryant. Initially sold through mail-order ads and gay-themed magazines, Gay Bob soon expanded into boutique stores in New York and San Francisco. Rosenberg even pitched it to major department store chains, (laughs) one of which liked the idea but ultimately did not purchase it. And it turns out those consumers who feared the introduction of more disgusting dolls were partially correct. Rosenberg soon gave Gay Bob a family of his own, with brothers Marty Macho, Executive Eddie, Anxious Al, and Straight Steve, who wore who lived in the suburbs and wore blue suits. And sisters, Fashionable Fran, Liberated Libby and Nervous Nelly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think every gay man was aware of gay bob, says Chris Byrne, a thirty year plus veteran of the toy industry, author of five books on toy history, and a featured expert on Netflix's hit documentary The Toys That Made Us. Oh.
0: So, dude knows his shit.
1: Yeah, he certainly made news. The heinous and ignorant views people like Anita Bryant opposed created an entire atmosphere of hatred towards gay people. Gay Bob was a campy response. Well, was Gay Bob a toy or a political statement? Well, he man, was effectively both. both. Yeah. If girls and women could have Barbie and heterosexual men could have Star Wars and GI Joe, why shouldn't gay men have a uh, have their own plastic icon? It's true. Burton reasons that Bob was a slightly tongue in cheek way of asserting and seizing a place in the culture. To fully appreciate Gay Bob, one has to think about the role of camp and self deprecating humor in the gay sensibility. While the creator sought to promote tolerance, I don't think for a moment that anyone thought the doll would do that. Bob was marketed as one of the first anatomically correct dolls, and yes, he did have a proper package. <laughs> In order to equip Bob with a believable accessory, creator Harvey Rosenberg had to provide Hong Kong toy manufacturers with a life-size cast of an actual penis, because they'd never accommodated such a request before. The final model of the doll effectively exaggerated that penis, turning it into both a comparative critique uh, critique of real men, as well as an unmistakably uncomfortable jab at anti-gay activists. Nice. The anatomically correct element of the doll is more of a stab at the, neutri- or at the neutered Barbie and Ken dolls that have no sexuality and certainly no right. genitals," says Byrne. Uh, "There is a long history of exaggerated genitalia satire stretching back to ancient Greece and Roman theater. Oh
0: yeah,
1: the subtext is that gay people are here and can't or won't be ignored. In this case, Gay Bob uses a mainstream, recognizable form of totem to I- exert or to exert existence. Because he was a doll, gave Bob immediately drew a lot of consider conservative ire for being aimed at children. According to Byrne, however, children wouldn't have noticed Bob's uh, eccentricities at the same ire as adults. Mm-hmm. Children aren't cognizant of sex and sexuality in the way adults are. No, generally not. Kids use dolls to project their individual experiences. A doll or action figure is brought to life by the imagination of a child. For children... Of the traditional doll age, sex and sexuality don't occur unless there is some kind of trauma or abuse. Right. In other words, the sex part of this goes over the kids or over the heads of kids; they're more likely oblivious to it than not. Burn adds that Barbie faced similar criticism for her feminine features. Barbie's breasts have always been accused of the same level of distortions as Bob's penis.
0: Yeah, true.
1: The traditional Barbie body was criticized as too unrealistic. The fault finding is unavoidable. It's
0: true. After
2: these messages, will be right
1: back. If you're anything like me, you listen to more podcasts than you know what to do with. If you want to be even more like me, well, you should download the PodCoin app. It's a free and very user-friendly app that pays you to listen to podcasts. You get paid in PodCoins, which you can do one of two things with. Put it towards charities, they have an entire full list. Or buy yourself a gift card from Target, Dunkin' Donuts, Starbucks, Amazon, the list goes on and on. So what are you waiting for? Download the PodCoin app today and use the code US to get yourself 300 extra PodCoins. And now, back to the show. While Gay Bob was hardly as culturally iconic as Barbie, he gave Ken a run in terms of everything from imagination to accuracy. And whether Gay Bob was viewed as an injection mold scandal or a <laughs> snarky stab at oppression... He meant a lot to a lot of people. It's hard to believe just how dangerous it was to be out when gay Bob came along, said Byrne. You could be fired from your job, denied medical care, rejected by your family, and many were. And still are. Still still today, yeah. He says he was lucky that my family did not reject me, but my circle in New York included many
0: people who were written off because they were gay. Look, I'm just going to throw this out there. Um... We, uh, Rick and I, we are very inclusive people.
1: Which and is surprising,
0: given, uh, given our family yeah. history. Um, we strive to be inclusive. We really do. Like, I know that I speak for him as well, that we don't give a fuck. What your deal is. I mean, unless you're a serial killer, then that's not really. Or a pedophile. Yeah, then that's not really cool either. There's a whole subsect right now of pedophiles that are like trying to pretend they're part of the
1: LGBTQ yeah, plus am, community. Am, and mm-hmm. it's like, no,
0: stop. That's no, that's no. But I mean, I just want to say, like, if you were rejected, if you were hurt, you know, we're sorry. We stand with you. Yeah. We do. We, we love you all.
2: We're your and daddies we, now. We're
0: your daddies now. That's it. Yeah. So, I just wanted to say that just so I can make no bones about our position on, on things. That uh, Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, especially in the era that we're in now where like people see what the president is doing and they think, well, look, if that somebody that's that high up in power can say and do the shit that he's doing, right. well, why the fuck can I do it? right you know yes it, it, it's it's a fucking scary world we live in right now it really is uh, and it's I mean it's, it it's a like huge backslide before they get better yeah and and I mean there's like you know there's always this hope of like impeachment and shit but
0: I mean like, if God, it was gonna happen it like, would've yeah, happened by now
1: that ship has sailed the only thing that we could do is vote them out. voter turnout you know yeah. <laughs> which fuck so get out there guys You've got to do it. you got to fucking do
0: it. I mean, this is quite possibly, like, the turning point in America.
1: It, I mean, honestly. <clears throat> and, and, you know, it comes in ebbs and flows, like. It does. Uh, it was like, it's basically, this is basically like a break in 2.0. Mm-hmm. In, in, in terms of, like, discrimination. Yeah. Right? Yeah, man. So obviously the AIDS was like the the AIDS outbreak and HIV. It was fucked up because their whole big thing was like, oh, well, we made a quilt.
0: Yeah. Right? Um, You know, like, that doesn't fucking do anything to help. I'm sure it it drew awareness, but it didn't go far enough. But the the thing with drawing awareness is that
1: you have to draw awareness to the fact that You're not a monster, right? What they did was draw awareness to the disease itself, right? Not to the fact that you shouldn't treat people like like shit, like shit because they have it. Right? It it was very problematic,
0: like very problematic, very much so.
1: And 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 that was thinly veiled problematicness.
0: Yes, absolutely. Whereas now he's just he's outwardly being a fucking piece of shit. And that goes double for his fucking VP from my shit ass state.
1: Yeah.
0: So I told you folks, Indiana. Nothing but a bunch of shit. Uh,
1: and, and I mean, like, there are
0: some nice people in Indiana. There are. Yeah. yeah. But, but The the Hill Jackson intolerant people. The way that this country is going. It's terrifying. And and this is coming from Two straight white men. You yeah. know what I mean, like it really is. I mean, we're afraid for you people if we, you guys are among the LGBTQ community. We face no type of persecution at all. I when mean, granted, we got made fun of for being fat. Yeah, that's whoa. a completely different fucking level. Yeah, nobody's
1: like, ever been like you can't. You can't get a job here. No, fat. nobody's
0: gonna get stoned to death because they're fucking fat. <laughs> right. It's it's fucked. You're not gonna get disowned by your family because you're fucking fat. Right. I mean, unless you
1: basically, if you're a woman. Or in the LGBT uh, community now, you're fucked. They're just, it's a just, dangerous time. Stripping the fucking rights away. I, I don't know. So, so, Sorry so for I'm the tangent, but give. yes. You know what I mean? Like
0: Absolutely. It,
1: it, it absolutely is just fucking terrifying. Which, I mean, out here like, okay. It's important to remember that your understanding of something like gay Bob is undoubtedly more sophisticated than your child's. So the behavior you model in response is one of the most powerful ways you can influence your child. Which is a quote from him. That's great. Now, what I put is kind of in line of what this tangent. Yeah. Kids do mimic their parents. Yeah. So it fucking disgusts me when you see pictures of kids in KKK robes.
0: Yeah, that's fucking child abuse, man. It, it
1: honestly is. I mean... And it's like, you know what type of person that kid is going to grow up to yeah. be. Because it, it's so hard to break out of that cycle. It is. Especially, like, if you don't... If they, if they don't, like, leave from that community. They, they don't ever see anything else. No. They,
0: they don't get any exposure.
1: No. And it's fucked. It is. And, and we were lucky enough to wear, like, both of our parents. Yes. His mom and then my dad, our brother and sister, they're from Kentucky.
0: Right? Yeah, we're talking, like, dirt poor Kentucky.
1: Oh, fucking in the hills. Yeah. Like, moonshine on the weekends, Beth that shit.
0: lilies of hill lilies.
1: Yes. We're talking everything in that town closes at 9 p.m.
0: Yeah. Even Walmart. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Hmm.
1: So. The fact that we're as like rational and inclusive as we are, given the fact that our parents, and especially grandparents, oh yeah, are just like some of the most fucking Bible thumping, Bible belt pieces of shit you'll ever fucking meet in it's your entire true. life.
0: Big old hypocrites.
1: Like my dad was very inclusive. He, he was. He, he liked he liked everybody unless you were an asshole. Yeah, but you know, his brother who, uh, which that's a fucking whole, a whole separate
0: podcast about my uncle fucking Donnie. Big fucking piece of shit. Giant piece of shit. Uh, like if you got a like checklist of like things that make you a piece of shit, he probably ticks all the goddamn boxes.
1: Oh, easily. I mean, without question,
0: you probably have to write in some too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very likely.
0: Uh, A cousin that's in jail for
1: shit that's too fucking fucked up to talk about. Yeah, needless
0: to say, he's not going to get out until what twenty forty something. Oh, even I would
1: assume later than that. I can't imagine he'll get parole. No, no, No no he'll serve his full
0: sentence for sure. I don't know what his full sentence is. It was like like forty years, I think. Good, yeah, fucking a. As as fucked as
1: Alabama is. Right now, mm-hmm. with the abortion thing, Georgia too. What they are doing is uh, chemically castrating pedophiles. I saw that. I'm like, which wow. is like, how could you be <laughs> so far bad on
0: one side and, and so far good, good on the other? I'm like, know. wait a minute, Alabama, you are complex. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a Forest Gump and whatnot.
1: That's right. From there. We jump forward to 1997. Now we move to the Billy doll, who was created by artist John McKitterick and marketed in the United States by London-based Totem International. Uh, it was marketed as the first out and proud gay doll, not counting Bob. Right. Uh, McKitterick, who originally designed Billy as a limited run of created to benefit an AIDS charity, decided to mass market his creation after the entire first lot sold out in a matter of days. Billy was 13 inches tall and was introduced in a number of versions, many based on stereotypical gay characters at the time. He came in many outfits, including Sailor Billy, Cowboy Billy, Master Billy, San Francisco Billy, and even once as a Dolly Parton Drag Billy.
0: (laughs) Oh wow, that's awesome. Yeah.
1: Other dolls in the Billy line included Carlos, Billy's Puerto Rican boyfriend, and Tyson, their African American friend. And like I showed you, Billy was anatom- anatomically mm-hmm. correct. Uh, the Billy doll was a subject of the 1998 exhibit at the New Museum of Contemporary Art in New York. And at another charity event, several dozen fashion designers created custom outfits for Billy to benefit the AIDS Life or the AIDS charity Lifebeat. That's awesome. In 2001. A billy donned a brown uniform with a patch reading BPS for uh, Billy's parcel service, (laughs) and the United Parcel Service sent Totem cease and desist letters advising that the uniform violated UPS's registered trademark. Totem agreed to stop selling the brown uniform Billy style. (laughs) Shortly after that, Billy stopped being manufactured. Today, the Billy doll is highly, highly collectible and becoming extremely rare, with some virgins fetching as much as $900 in mint condition. Yeah. Uh, in 1997, headlines in the newspapers included Billy doll promoted to voice gay rights, Billy doll seen as hero of gay movement, Billy doll is out of the closet and anatomically complete, when a G.I. Joe just won't do. That's Billy, cool. <laughs> Billy Doll shows pride in an alternative lifestyle. Billy the Gay Doll is a hit in Miami. Every doll has his day. Billy bringing levity to gay cause. Billy has been reported on uh, in U.S. publications as diverse as the New York Times, Out, San Francisco Examiner, Newsweek, L, the Los Angeles Times, the New York Post, Genre, The Village Voice, The Washington Examiner, New York Daily, The Advocate, and Entertainment Weekly. Around the world, uh, Billy has been written about in The Independent, ID, Design Week, El Expresso, The Guardian, El Pa, The Observer, The London Evening Standard, and La Figaro. In 1997, Billy appeared on many TV and radio shows, including David Letterman, Comedy Central, Rosie O'Donnell, and reports on CNN, ABC, Fox News, and all major news stations.
0: Can you imagine, like... The, the the reaction from the Fox News people, like everybody except for Shepard Smith.
1: <laughs> Shepard Smith looks like a leather shoe.
0: He does. He really he looks, looks like a Ken doll.
1: Honestly, he really does. He does. Over seventy five international fashion designers and artists generously united and donated their time and talents to each produce an extraordinary, unique Billy in a heartfelt and purposeful effect to raise funds for Lifebeat, the music industry fights AIDS. Mm. So that's cool. Um, those designers were Alexander McQueen, Calvin Klein, Christian LaCroix, Keith Herring, Tommy Hilfiger, John Paul Gaultier, Christopher Makos, Perry Ellis, Richard Bernstein, Liz Claiborne, Paul Smith, Moschino, Todd Oldham, Nicole Miller, Diesel, Riffit Ozbeck, Betty Johnson, Kenzo, Philip Tracy, Catherine Hammett, Agnes B., Matsuda, Atoni, Allison, and Gianni Versace. The live auction by Christie's Auction House raised over $60,000. This amount included pieces by Jean Paul Gaultier, Tommy Hilfiger, and Gianni Versace uh, selling for $4,500, 4, and 3500 respectively.
0: Impressive.
1: Which, but that Gianni Versace piece, whoever has it now. Oh yeah, that's bank. That's big bank. Huge bank. Uh, the silent auction and the total philanthropic effort surrounding the event reached an incredible $250,000. Life be happily reported to John McKitterick and Juan Andres that they expected to raise close to $425,000 from the event in that year. Fuck yeah. In 1999, Billy appeared as himself in the hit Warner Brothers film comedy, The Big Teeths. I don't think I've seen that. No. In 2003, at the Free Range Art Exhibition at the Truman's Brewery in London, artist Alex Hancock presented a 16-foot billy. Oh, that's a damn big billy. The sculpture measuring 16 feet was an exact replica of billy, naked, produced (laughs) in fiberglass and resin. Giant dong and everything. His explanation for the billy was, To me, billy is a three-dimensional form that represents a period of history being born from an art aid's benefit to become an iconic figure. However, at this point, I think Billy needs more exposure to to cement his role as a prominent figure in history. It could be easy for people to not look beyond the comic nature of Billy by magnifying Billy to 16 feet in height and placing him in an art context, I hope to allow a larger and broader audience to be challenged by the issues that Billy raises. I like that. Billy is not presented clothed, so he is shown in his simplest form. My ultimate ambition would be to produce a version in bronze or stone. Ooh! The very solid nature of the materials could mean that the concept of Billy would be around for many years. Forever, almost, maybe. Yeah. In 2014, or no, 2004, um, John McKitterick and Juan Andrews, believing that their artwork, Billy, had succeeded in its aims and objectives, seats all production on the line of Billy dolls and accessories. Billy, the the world's first out-and-proud gay doll, is now recognized as an important chapter in gay and doll history. Today, Billy is highly sought after by collectors, with additions and artworks commanding considerable prices at exhibitions and auctions. I bet. In addition to all those dolls, there have been several other dolls that fall under the banner. There's a Sally Ride Lego Mm minifigure, the Lance Bass marionette doll, uh, an Elton John singing doll... Boy George yep, doll, yep. a Jonathan Knight doll, that Freddie Mercury action figure. Oh yeah, uh, Robbie Rogers, which is an LA, uh, an LA Galaxy soccer player minifigure, mm-hmm. oh. Michael Sam, who's from the St Louis Rams bobblehead. Billy Harrington who's a porn star has an action figure huh. Darren Young who's a current day wrestler has an action figure
0: oh good for him
1: uh there's a Midnighter action figure and Apollo action figure nice there's Dark Witch Willow from Buffy and a Tarot oh yeah uh there's Waylon Smithers action figure there's Albus Dumbledore action figure several uh Cosima from or- Orphan Black yeah that's right That's a Funko Pop I love
0: Cosima she was such a good character
1: uh Tracer statue from Overwatch and uh, Captain Jack Harkness extra figure.
0: Ah, uh, yeah.
1: And that brings us to doll, Facty. The fact in the box. In 2004, Mattel had Barbie and Ken split up for several years Barbie replaced Ken with an Australian surfer named Blaine Barbie and Ken reconciled in 2011 oh good Ken's last name is Carson
0: Ken Carson Kenneth Carson the third Ken is from Willows Wisconsin always a good old Wisconsin boy eh?
1: yeah in 1964 Ken's buddy Alan
0: was introduced
1: on Alan's box it noted that all of Ken's clothing fit him (laughs) (laughs) In 2009, Mattel, clearly not learning anything from its lessons from the Magic Ken debacle, introduced Sugar Daddy Ken. Say what? Yes, for its Palm Beach line. Mattel defended the name, saying, at the end of the day, this collection is targeted towards adults. While the name of the doll does refer back to the dog, because he comes with the little dog.
0: Uh, okay.
1: I think people are going to interpret it as how they want to interpret it. Mattel says the doll, or the doll's name, is in reference to Ken's pet, Sugar, a white West Highland Terrier, that Ken leaves on a pink leash. Uh-huh. The doll is included with the doll, along with several accessories, including sandals, sunglasses, and swim trunks. <laughs> and with that, we reach the end of another wild ride here at Toys R Us. M- Mattel is like shady as fuck for doing what they did. You know, they could have, they could have easily made airy magic kind of a gay icon they totally could've but no and honestly like if it was now oh well, it totally they would be w- they would've done it they would've ran with it they would've been like all these brands They're like, oh, that are like oh, yeah. oh look at our logo it's rainbow now yeah give me a fucking break if you like what you heard and you want to support us so you can keep hearing the history of all the things you loved well there are several ways you can do that follow us on all social medias or at Toys R Us Podcast across the board. You can leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes slash Apple Podcast or you can become a patron over at Patreon.com slash Toys R Us Podcast. Until next time, remember it's okay to be who you are regardless of what others tell you. Fucking ain't. if they don't like them fuck them. That's right. And remember you will always be a Toys R Us kid. I'd like to take the time out to thank our patrons. We couldn't do this without you. So thank you to Jeremy Jessica, Nicole, Amy, Nicole, Nicole, Juanita, Sabrina, Shannon, and Steven. Thanks a bunch, guys.
0: It's okay